he's got enough money to order himself a whole ass pizza delivery. Yeah. So that includes the price of the food. I don't know if a little kid cares about tipping or not, but tip, delivery fee, whatever they charge. Because they'll just pack on whatever charge. You got to look at your receipts. Oh, yeah. I'm starting to think that I used to look at people, older people, seniors and stuff. They, Admittedly, it was always annoying when they'd go to the grocery store and then they'd get the receipt and then they'd stand in the checkout lane. Yeah, and like, look check. at their, like, I get it. I get it. You want to look at your receipt. Sometimes it's still pretty funny. We went to the grocery store the other day and the lady was worried about it's supposed to be 99 cents per pound for pluots. And she was just adamant. 90, that's what the sign said. 99 cents per, per pound for a pluot. What the fuck is a pluot? Have you ever had a pluot? No, I, I didn't know. No. We, I thought you were having a stutter or something. No. What the fuck is a pluot? <laughs> uh, I, if I had to, what is it, a plum and an apricot, maybe? That's, that's ungodly. That's weird. Well, yeah. We've often tread to places we shouldn't be going. What is it, a grapple? The fuck is that? Grape and an apple? That's crazy. Right? I've never heard of that. <laughs> right behind you, we went to the grocery store in the, in the fruit basket right there sun crunch you heard of that no what the fuck is this it says it's grown exclusively for kroger you can only get it at kroger brand grocery stores and it's like a hybrid it's supposed to taste like cantaloupe watermelon we haven't eaten it yet obviously it's still sitting right there but uh it's supposed to be sweet and it says right there sweet plus crisp wait i i really like cantaloupe like a really good and a really good watermelon with tahini on top. Yeah, it's perfect. A little bit of lemon juice, tahini, everything's fucking good. Lemon? I go lime. Oh yeah, yeah, lime. Lime's good. But mixing them together, I don't know. That seems kind of weird. That's like a turducken. <laughs> yeah. I don't like that. Turducken. Another yeah. abomination. Yeah. Nah. Fuck all that <laughs> shit. Speaking of abominations, what do you got? Well, we're. What are we talking about today? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a whole fucking list of abominations today. A whole today. list of abominations. Yeah. Well. God. That was good. Okay. Good transition. That was a good transition. You threw me off. Yeah. All right. Well, I didn't even do my greeting. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Pretty Good Flick, the show where we talk about movies and whatever else we feel like, because it's our show. And if you're listening, thank you. We appreciate you. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're a new listener, welcome in. Hopefully this sounds good. We got some new equipment. We upped the production quality a little bit. I'm pretty excited about it. And uh, hopefully it sounds good on everybody else's end as well. I'm Ant Muni today here with Mauro Monreal in sweltering San Diego, California. Oh, what's up, guys, man? It is so fucking hot today. It is unridiculously hot. <laughs> Or ridiculously hot. Yeah. Horrible. And as Morrow mentioned, uh, we're talking about abominations. And I think that's a great segue into our topic today. Uh, we're talking about what we're calling the sophomore slump. Terrible sequels to otherwise yes. pretty good movies, maybe great movies. I, what the fuck happened? You look at it and you're just like, how did, how did it happen? But before we do that, as always, we like to get to ease into it a little bit. You know, we got to warm up. This is For how sure. we warm up. This is how we get you ready. We gotta just just taste. Just like crack. Just a little taste at first. Gotta get you hooked. We're gonna reel you in. So uh, I was telling you before we started recording tomorrow, believe it or not, I did some research on big events in movie history and surprisingly came up with nothing for this day. This particular day, September 3rd, throughout all of movie history, recorded movie history, nothing really happened. Nothing big, but 
I did learn something. It's Charlie Sheen's birthday. Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. So happy birthday to him. He is 57 years old today, uh, although I believe his body and his spirit are much, much older. Dead. They're dead. They are. They've been dead. They're undead. It's hard to believe that all the tiger's blood stuff happened in 2011. You remember that? Oh, yeah. He's on a drug. It's called Charlie Sheen. Yeah. I don't know about that tiger blood. He's got different kind of blood. (laughs) He's got... You want to stay away from his blood. Yeah. Um, which is funny because I did learn something that I hadn't known about him. I did not know about him called the Charlie. Have you heard? If I asked you what the Charlie Sheen effect was, what would you think that is? People who get HIV and you can't tell. Uh, no, yeah. but you could tell I mean, with kinda, him. Yeah, maybe. You could tell with him, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, it does have to do with HIV. Yeah. Yeah, of course. It's yeah. Charlie Sheen. Well, this was interesting. So, as it turns out, the Charlie Sheen effect was due to Charlie Sheen's HIV, HIV positive disclosure. It corresponded with the greatest number of HIV-related Google searches ever recorded in the United States history. Uh, during the three weeks following his disclosure, there were about 2.75 million more. So, take whatever the original number was. I don't know how many there were on average, but 2.75 million more searches than expected that included the term HIV, and 1.25 million searches were directly relevant to public health outcomes because they included search terms for uh, you know, condoms, HIV symptoms, or HIV testing. So anything that included something like how to get HIV tested. Hey, Google. Yeah. I think I, think I got it. Where do I go? What do I do? Yo, what's the symptom? You know, <laughs> if my butt hurts, is that the symptom for HIV? I know how I know how you, I know how everybody Google searches. Uh, it's something like uh, burns when pees HIV. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, no. dude, I've got pink eye, man. Is this yeah. HIV related? <laughs> Eating ass HIV. <laughs> well, anyway, a later study uh, found that Charlie Sheen's disclosure corresponded with a ninety-five percent increase in over-the-counter at-home HIV testing kits. So there were people who, at that time, probably were thinking, "Hey, that might be something that could affect me, but I'm gonna just, I'm gonna do it raw. I'm just living my life, I'm not worried about it." Ninety-five percent increase of those over-the-counter testing kits. They're like, ah, oh, Charlie Sheen's got it. Yeah, well, everybody thinks that. Like, <laughs> it's kind of like I'm surprised it's not called the Magic Johnson effect, but <laughs> I just think it's really funny that people saw everything that was happening with Charlie Sheen and like this very public. Sp- downward spiral for this man and they're like oh that guy's oh that guy's fucked up i need i gotta get myself checked out that was their wake-up call yeah that was their wake-up call it makes sense because you think he can get it like this guy's been dodging bullets forever (laughs) like oh fuck he got it all right i gotta go get checked at this point kind of a funny enough it did turn out that uh charlie sheen he made a statement he spoke out for HIV, HIV prevention, citing the studies as motivation, later adding he was, quote, humbled to, quote, be of service. <laughs> I don't, he's not a good spokesman for HIV prevention because he still got it. Because he's got it. <laughs> I, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that works. Like, you don't want somebody who doesn't have HIV. If you've got HIV or you think you might have anything, if you've got, you know, I want to know what the guy who never got HIV did. I'm going to do what he did. You got to think back to Wilford Brimley. Remember that guy? No, no, no. Who's that? I've got, I've got diabetes. Oh yeah, yeah. Remember yeah, that dude yeah. sitting by the, he's sitting by the fire. He's got his little cardigan on. Yeah, and he's got yeah, the dog yeah. in his lap, and he's like, "I'm Wilford Brimley. I've got diabetes." He, I truly believe that man had diabetes. 
And yeah. he's out here talking to other people who have that. And he's saying, hey, get yourself checked out. I believe that guy. I don't want somebody who's fit. Imagine um, who's the character that uh, Rob Lowe played in Parks Chris Traeger. Imagine oh, yeah. Rob Lowe's character in Parks and Recreation, Chris Traeger, who is just like this fit guy, all about fuel for the body, lean, 0% body fat, whatever it is. I don't know. Uh, coming in and doing an infomercial and just saying, oh, that was actually an episode, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I just does. accidentally wrote something that yeah. I pitched something there that already exists. There was a whole exists. Parks and Rec episode about <laughs> it, dude, where he's doing the scene like 50 times. Yeah. I, I accidentally pitched something that already exists. Yeah. Wow. Well, We'll call it parallel thinking. Parallel thinking, yeah. No, I think more like, uh, what's his name? Not Mike Goodman from Dodgeball. How he used to be fat and now he's uh -huh. skinny. That's the type of, like, the first person to be cured from HIV, I want him to be the spokesperson. I mean, Magic Johnson's been thriving. He's good. That's a wild boy, though. Like, yeah. I don't know. He's something special there. Charlie Sheen does not look like Michael Johnson. No. Like a Magic Johnson. You're right there. There's a there's yeah. a distinct difference between yeah, looking at Magic Johnson and looking at Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Yikes. Well, he was humbled to be of service. Well, let's jump into today's topic. Hate them or love them. No one can deny that sequels have become an almost intrinsic part of movie making. On the one hand, you watch a movie and enjoy it, and you'd like to see the continuing adventures of your favorite characters. Boom. Sequel. Now you can see what Indiana Jones is up to. What kind of treasure is he hunting? What kind of things is he? What is he? I want to know what Indy's up to. Uh, now you can see who Bridget Jones is humping. Very important, right? Oh, for sure. They made four, five, three movies. How many movies? Of what? Bridget, Bridget Jones. Fuck, they made like. We covered guilty pleasures. I had a feeling that was one of yours, but you didn't say anything about it. Three or four. Okay. Wow. All right. Uh, well, now you can hear the Terminator fire off some of the most iconic one-liners in sequel history. Chill out, dickhead. He said it best. But on the other hand, well, let's just say those who greenlight sequels don't always have the character's best interest in mind, or the casts, or the directors, or the audiences. So today we look at some of the worst of the worst, our picks for worst movie sequels, the sophomore slump, as we're calling it. Dude, there are so many straight to TV or straight to TV or straight to video DVD streaming movies out there that should not have been made. They're just ruining the first one. Yeah. We're going to talk about a few of them, but it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Are you the same way that I am? So for example, you've got a great movie, right? You've got a movie comes out, fantastic movie. You love it. And then a sequel comes out and it's, it's easy enough to ignore a sequel. So we have a great movie, great movie. A comes out. Love it. Satisfying events. Love the characters. Iconic. Whatever. Sequel comes out. Dog shit. And it's easy enough to like, I understand in my head to look at it and be like, okay, I can just ignore the sequel. It doesn't matter. I can fill in the blanks and make my own ending or just be satisfied with how the original ended and how it transpired, whatever. I can't really do that though. When you are, when they come out and announce a sequel and they're like, hey, you know that movie you really love? this is what happens afterwards. So you know how the ending ended really well and it was a satisfying conclusion? Well, this is what happened immediately after. And I know I can look at it and just say, it didn't happen. Whatever. I'm satisfied with the original. I can't really do that, though. No, there, there's just some movies, like you said, there's movies that can be ignored. But there's, there's some movies that 
you know there's going to be a trilogy to them. You picked one, and I think it's going to be a great topic or a great uh, one that you picked. Because you can't ignore the second one because it literally exactly. leads up to the third one. And then you're like, fuck, now the third one's kind of ruined. Exactly. Even though it was going to be dog shit anyways, and we all knew that. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, there's just some movies you can't ignore. And a lot of these picks are the ones. Also, a lot of the ones I picked were just unnecessary. The first one was fucking iconic. The, the second one barely has anything to do with the first one. And they just fuck it all up. So what's the point? It's one of those things that really does fascinate me about movie making because I, it's all out there. You can watch videos on YouTube or read, um, you know, memoirs. People write things about like, oh, the you know, the life of a, a best boy or a key grip. Yeah. And you, you know, there's plenty of people. And even on TikTok now, you see a lot of people who do this in like the healthcare industry or whatever. They They kind of are shedding a lot of light on industries and things that were kind of sort of mysterious in the background where if you didn't work in the industry or directly know somebody in yeah, it, you didn't sure. really know how it worked, you know, for the inner workings of these things. So, um, yeah, looking at some of these movies, though, it's just very interesting to see. I'm just blown away sometimes by how someone wrote this script. Someone approved the script. Someone, there was a budget made. They hired people. They had a director attached. They went through casting calls. They cast it. Just think of the amount of effort it goes into making a movie and then this these movies are what happen dude there are movies where the they are these critically acclaimed movies and then the same actor comes back and does the worst sequel of all time (laughs) and you know he hates it like he's just looking at that sequel like fuck this like what was i doing like did I? I didn't need the money. What was I doing? Like they convinced me I needed the money. Yeah. So, on the one hand, like again, and talk about the one hand, the other hand, but I understand. Get that bag. Oh yeah. Because when you're an actor, I'm sure you know. Unless you're somebody like who's established, a list, guaranteed a list, like Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise. Wait, Nicole some Kidman, of these people, people like that we're gonna bring up are a list actors. <laughs> oh, That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. Well, all right. Let's get into it because we are clearly getting heated about it yeah as we're talking about it so i'll let you kick off because i did the intro and i've been talking a lot today and it's starting to heat me up a little bit God, fucking um, making me angry <laughs> we should have picked an easier topic for the heat wave we should have been like ah oh, these are the fucking these are movies that take place on a tropical island wait that's exactly what it is it's fucking <laughs> hot dude and i'm just like yo fuck the heat fuck these movies let's talk about the thing let's talk about uh, what's another movie that takes place in? Let's talk about Out Cold. Uh, what was the one with um, Cuba Gooding Jr.? Snow Dogs. Snow Dogs. Let's cool Running. Cool Runnings. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually, it's working. I'm cool. Yeah, I'm just a little shook. bit. Yeah. All right, I'll kick this one off with a movie that you brought up the prequel, or you brought up the first one in your Guilty Pleasures, which let's be real, it is not a Guilty Pleasure. It is a fucking classic, <laughs> and it's Bring It On. But the one I'm choosing, which I, I apparently I made a mistake, I'm choosing the not exactly the one after Bring It On, but the one after that. But both of those movies, anything after the first Bring It On was just horrible fucking sophomore slump. Bring It On Again, which the stupidest name, the stupidest name. And then it's the same fight. It's the it's it's the whole like, oh, like. I go to a 
preppy white school and we have money and you go to a black school and the black girls she's tough and she's mean and it's like don't don't disrespect the first cast like that this shit was fucking annoying to me and then if i'm not mistaken at the end it's like harmony and they they they're two different schools but they create one squad and i'm like that work it's some bullshit remember the titans fucking knockoff but with cheerleading but and that, it's upsetting, dude. I just don't understand. I've never seen it. I've never seen anything past the first one. Although I am aware that they have a long-running... Yeah. Four sequels? I'm just trying to wrap my head around how you have two rival schools commingling together to make one cheerleading squad. Is it, is it like the same... Because even in the original, they were doing... Um, what do you call it? Like, not professional cheerleading. They were getting paid, but they were doing... Help me out here. Competitive. They were in finals. Yeah, oh, we're going they finals, were doing... We're going to state... Yeah, they were they were doing their competitions. They have like, as far as high school goes. Okay, so a little bit about myself. I did cheer my senior year, so that was fun. I I, I got kicked off the squad because I couldn't make grades because their grades were. A lot of these girls did really well in school, and went off to go to college and stuff like that, and went to university. So I wasn't one of those guys. I could just throw somebody in the air, for the most part, pretty high. <laughs> they kicked you off the squad, and you're like, "Good luck flipping, bitches." Yeah, but they did well without me. Let's oh, be yeah, honest. Yeah, but I so did go to like you were. They they were okay. No, because it was one guy that we knew who played for the football team, but he was like a junior who was still on the JV squad. Hmm. So he wasn't like he was going to be a senior on the varsity, but he was going to be benched. So he knew football wasn't his thing, and he was dating a cheerleader, and he had convinced like six of us to try out for the squad we all got in and then we ended up going to cheer camp which is like the like they compete at cheer camp you know and that was super fun and shit and then watching this movie and i was this like is, i'm sorry this is another movie isn't it yeah 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 fired up yeah Didn't with they the do two this guys exact thing yeah so with you that, lived <laughs> yeah around the same time as that movie we're just unintentionally pitching things that already exist and you actually live through but then you watch this like first of all it's ridiculously competitive nobody's going to be on the same fucking squad as some bitches they don't like and this movie just reminded me of how crazy that was and god just think like the first bring it on was it's not inspiring okay but it is very fun oh yeah it's a fun movie there's guys on the cheer squad but the second one is so corny like they took all of the most corny parts of the first one and then we're like, oh, this is what people liked. But it's not what people liked at all. And they fucked it all up. So, yeah, it's it's one of those movies that I choose to ignore even exist. Like, any of the ones that exist after the first one, I just choose to fucking ignore them. And I think you mentioned something when you first brought this, this title up. Is that you were thinking of the one with Hayden Panettiere. Yeah, that's the third one. Who actually has a, you know, she's had a long career so far yeah. and she's been in recognizable she was in heroes long-running tv show on nbc she um she's in the, the show nat what is it nashville Connie she Burton. was in nashville that was like her biggest that's thing. a big one she was yeah. in scream scream yeah. four and she's coming back for scream six which is pretty cool dude she's the little girl from remember, remember the, titans. the titans yep yeah yeah she was a child actor who actually grew yeah. up and still had a pretty still has a pretty successful successful career but um there's, that was the one that I was thinking of. I didn't even, I don't know any of these actors. I don't recognize anybody from the from second one. From the second one, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. They all bleed together. Let's look at the list here. Let's see if I can find it. We got Bring It On, Bring It On Again, Bring It On, All or Nothing, Bring It On, In It to Win It, Bring It On, Fight to the Finish, and then we've got the most recent one from 2017, Bring It On Worldwide, Hashtag Cheer Smack. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what I'm fucking saying, dude. Like, hashtag Cheer Smack is okay. You know what? You know what I think is the part that bugs me too is that these girls are like fucking athletes. Like, I think it's one of the sports where you're more likely to get hurt. Like, you're more likely to get hurt being a cheerleader than a football player. Now, obviously, it's not not the same kind of hurt, but it's still. Because they're, like I said, they're throwing each other up in the air. They're fucking tumbling. They're they're doing borderline gymnastics. Like, obviously, gymnastics is yeah. just a whole different thing. But they're doing a lot of shit. And then, like I said, the first one kind of showed that. And it was fun. And then this, the second fucking six were just these horrible, corny fucking things that they put together. They kind of missed the point. They missed the heart of the original. Yeah. And I think that's a, a running theme with a lot of sequels is they miss what makes the original charming or remem- yeah. you know, memorable or yeah. Um, yeah. Bring it on again. Bring it on number two. Bring it on again. It is one of those ones where I think about sequels and sometimes sequel titles, the title of the sequel is the best part of the sequel. I don't even know that this fucking sucks. Like they all, I don't know. Bring it on was a great title. It was fun. The actresses all went on to do amazing things a lot of the actresses that are in all the other bring it on i mean they're working but there are a lot of b list mm-hmm. b and c list actresses yeah. i think the main actress for the rival school of bring it on again she comes out in like epic movie and those movies like hero movie and shit right. like that hey she still gets work or yeah. she was though i don't know if she's still doing anything now well, let's. I'm gonna take a look at my next one. The the my first choice is pretty interesting because it actually takes what is arguably the thing that catches people's attention about a sequel, which is the name. You think again? I use Indiana Jones as a uh, an example. You've got Indiana Jones, and the Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones, and the Last Crusade, and then Raiders of the Lost Ark. Obviously, not in that order. Don't write me an angry email. I know they're not in the right order. But either way, you look at the title of the movie, Indiana Jones. There's no doubt about who the star is, what the movie's about, what you're getting yep. into, right? This one bumps the title. It doesn't completely absolve it. It doesn't remove it, but it bumps the title to the back. So today, I want to talk about The Lost World, Jurassic Park 2. You've seen it. Yeah. Okay. On paper, should have been a great movie, right? It's not bad. It's not a bad movie. Okay, I went back I and I rewatched say. it not that, late, not that long yeah. ago. Um, it does have some... It's, it, there's some fun parts of the movie. Apparently... The differences between the books and the movies, the original and the original book and the original movie, the original uh, written by uh, Michael Crichton. Okay. And then more so with the sequel, because The Lost World Jurassic Park 2 is also based on the book sequel to Jurassic Park 1. Okay. Just Jurassic Park, whatever. And there's bigger differences. So book nerds will be able to say, there's a bigger difference between the book and the sequel in part two, and I don't care, whatever. I didn't read it. But you've got Jeff Goldblum reprising his role as the iconic Doctor Ian Malcolm. Chaos theory. Chaos. Chaosetician. Something like what? that. Yeah, I don't know. Smoldering sex king. I don't know. <laughs> Adonis. They really tried to make him sexy, though. He did. They didn't try. He just yeah. was. He just was. Funny story. When Cheyenne and I met, have you ever heard the story? No. Go ahead. So 
when Cheyenne and I met, we first started dating, which uh, our six-year dating anniversary is actually tomorrow, which is crazy. We, I think Jurassic Park, the original, was like the first movie we ever watched together, you know? It's a good and, movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. And I don't know. Again, we've been together for six years and so many inside jokes and it's hard to remember where things start. You know how it is. But that moment of Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park saying, you know, life uh, uh, finds a way. One of the most iconic lines in movie history. I challenge anybody to say differently, but... That is one big piece of crap. (laughs) (laughs) You will remember to wash your hands before eating anything. Anyway, she worked at a bakery where they made cupcakes yeah and other sweets but mostly focused on cupcakes and she would bring them cupcakes all the time half a dozen dozen three dozen 40 dozen i don't know she was trying to fatten me up early but she would customize them sometimes and she'd come home one day again she didn't come home we weren't living together just yet but she came over to my place from work one day and had a dozen cupcakes she, oh, she put it on the counter. She's like, oh, I got you cupcakes. And they're all these flavors. I got you a whole bunch of them. Opened up the, uh, opened up the top of the box there. And inside were a dozen cupcakes. And on them all, <laughs> it was like she wrote out with icing, life finds a way. And she had printed out <laughs> a picture of Jeff Goldblum in that, you know, that scene where like it's there with the walkie talkies and he's like, yeah, after they picked him up and he's got his leg all wrapped up and he's got the shirt open and he's sweaty and everything. Yeah. And she had like printed that out and laminated it and like taped it to the top of the box. He opened it and it's just this picture of Jeff Goldblum and the dozen cupcakes. And the best part about that story is if you look over your right shoulder right now, that picture is still above our door. Oh, damn, it is there. <laughs> That was one of my favorite things that we keep bringing from house to house. Is that picture is just up there. That's funny. It's right above our right above our front door. So every time you leave, you're blessed by Jeff Goldblum. But that's what I'm saying. Like he was never this iconic sex symbol before that. Like he wasn't. Like he wasn't like he wasn't like a bad boy Harrison Ford. Have you seen The Fly? No. Oh. I wouldn't say that. I mean, The Fly is disgusting. Like it's body horror to its extreme. But I mean, he was pretty cut in that movie. Oh, yeah, he was cut, but what I'm saying is sexy, like, where chicks trying to fuck him. Oh, I, Jeff Goldblum, if you happen to listen to this, jump on, join us on the pod, we want to hear about the early days. I'm sure that, I'm sure he was fucking. Yeah, probably. he still fucks. Yeah. Even though he looks like Jamie Lee Curtis now. That's what I'm saying. No, okay, I like this movie, but I think I like it for only the nostalgia. Like, Mm. it's not something that, I don't think it's like a great movie in the sense of like um like the first one was i think it how would i put it obviously there's like first of all he becomes nerdier Mm. and all of a sudden he's got a kid and you're trying to figure out how long did he have the kid before did he have the kid after like what's the time frame well they do mention in the first one there's that kind of throwaway joke line where he says i'm always looking for a future miss x mrs malcolm oh yeah so he he gets around like yeah for sure yeah but then he becomes like, I feel like his character completely changes in the second one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He definitely was, I don't know how to describe it. He was more confident in himself in the first one. Like, he definitely went into the whole situation knowing who he was. And he was a goofy guy. Yeah. But he was still brave, you know. He still went out there. This one is sort of a rescue mission of sorts. So for those not familiar, again, I, I say on paper should have been knock out of the, just out of the park kind of success here. You had Jeff Goldblum, Julianne Moore. Uh, Vince Vaughn in one of his earlier big big yeah, roles. Yeah, he you was know, there forget too. That he was in that. Yeah, and uh, Julianne Moore is Jeff Goldblum's current girlfriend, and she's in the field, 
which goes back to someone's gonna get mad at me. I don't remember all the islands. There was another island, or there was the same island that the original Jurassic Park took place in. But he site B, yeah, site B, where, where they, yeah, I don't know. She was there. She's a photographer, and she's researching. Well, I, one of the things that she brings up is how like they talk about. So maybe somebody will figure this out. But some of the dinosaurs were thought to leave their young after they hatched and it turns out they don't they live more in like packs and they keep their young with them for a long time so i think she's just trying to figure out like their mating patterns and their like after they're born and and how they actually grow up i forgot what that's called but we're not scientists (laughs) clearly not we're just we're barely even successful podcasters yeah well anyway he, he finds out she's there for some reason or another he's being asked to go to this island and then he's like hell no fuck no god no and then finds out that his girlfriend's there, and he's like, all right, you son of a bitch, I'm in. And while they're there, all, all hell breaks loose, as Jurassic Park movies are wont to do. A lot of corny moments to it. It didn't have the same care and love put into the practical effects, you know, which still make the original so iconic, the velociraptors and the, uh, all the dinosaurs and the movements and the close-ups of, like, the claw, you know, the, with the yeah. big claw in the kitchen and the T-Rex and everything. Um, it just didn't, it just felt a little less... Ah. Yeah, I I think it a big issue with this movie is that it has to compete with such an iconic Jurassic Park is a lot of people will say it's a 10 out of 10 movie. And it I would say the same. I would say the first Jurassic Park is really a pretty great flick. Yeah. And it's just one of those movies that nothing after it was going to compete well. Like obviously there was The Lost World and then there was Jurassic Park 3 and then there's a whole nother trilogy. The Jurassic, Jurassic Worlds World, yeah. and stuff like that, which I thought at first when I saw your list, I thought you were going to talk about Jurassic World 2, and which is like another... It could have been terrible. I'm going to be honest with you, though. I think maybe Cheyenne and I just were at the right time when we sat down to watch because we didn't see it in theaters. We put it on TV. Oh, okay. I think I might have even paid to rent it. Like, I don't know, it was like four bucks or something on Amazon, but I, I don't know. We watched it. We watched like 20 minutes of it, and then... Like, I'm really not in the mood to watch this, are you? And we turned it off and never got back to it. And now there's a whole another one that's yeah. already in theaters and out of theaters now. <laughs> we saw the first two in theaters for the Jurassic World, and the first one was super fun. Like, well, we rewatched it yeah. recently on the projector, yeah. Oh, yeah. It. yeah. Yeah, it's a super it's a fun, fun movie. But the second one, Jesus Christ. And I think it the same thing happened where they, tr- I feel like they try to invoke more emotion. It's like, don't just. Just make it a dinosaur movie, dude, right. like like the first one. So that's a good pick, man. Yeah. All right, my second pick, which kind of hits a little home since I am half Greek, um, and it bugs me because the first one is so iconic. It's 302, uh, Rise of an Empire. Jesus, man, did, they, did this movie not need to be made? We all know the first one because I think we were in middle school when the first one came out. No, I was in... Maybe, no, because you're... A year younger than you. No, I think I was in 10th grade. I'm two years sure behind like you, 15, though. Maybe I was... I didn't have my license yet, because in Jersey, you can't get your provisional license until you're 17. You get your permit at 16. You know what? I might have been a freshman. That sounds more likely. Let's see here. I was either an 8th grader or a freshman. So I think the original came out 2007. So actually later than I thought. I was 17. It uh, came yeah. out March 9th, 2007, so just before my 17th birthday, so I would have been a junior. Wait, no, 2007, March, you would have been a sophomore. <laughs> Hold on, I'm trying to think. 
because 2006 I started high school and I was a freshman, and then 2000. No, I was a junior. But I thought September. I graduated in 2008. Oh really? Yeah. Oh okay, yeah, because you're two years ahead of me in mm-hmm. in school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a freshman. Yeah. I was still a freshman my that in 2007. Yeah, no. The I first didn't realize one came that out. the third or the excuse me, the third one, the second one. I didn't realize the second one came out uh seven years after. Yeah, it was unnecessary. Wow. Okay. Uh what's her first what's her name? I forgot her name. She Lena came out Headley? Of, yeah, from she Game was of Thrones. Queen, yeah. Okay. How bad was she doing? I really think she's a bitch in Game of Thrones because she did this fucking movie. Like Oh, she was in the second one? I've yes, never seen the second one. She's in the second one. And it's like, what do you you didn't need to do that? Hey man, that paycheck. Once that check clears, though, that's why she jumped into Game of Thrones. That's why she was such, like, that's why she played Cersei Lannister so well because she hated her life at that it point. It looks like they came out the same year. Like, it looks like Three Hundred Rise of an Empire came out in two thousand fourteen, and wasn't that the first year that season one of Game of Thrones dropped? Yeah, something so, like yeah. that. So that's what I'm saying. And this is okay. It is the they they try and tell the rest of the story because that is how it goes True. where. You know, the 300 Spartans, and they lose the battle of Thermopylae, the, the and then, of, yeah, Thermopylae, yeah. then after that, all of Greece is united and all this bullshit, which is not true. That's not exactly how history went down. A lot of Greeks are going to be mad at me. The Spartans were bad people. They were not good people. They had slaves. I like, um, uh, I like a fun fact. I don't know how fun it is, actually, but a, a if true interesting fact that i heard recently or read okay. about obviously um actually i don't know if i should say this or not go for it <laughs> fuck it but especially in athens there's a lot of boy love adult oh, men to boy love because i don't know i don't know why whatever but young boys not you know who haven't hit puberty yet or whatever they liked him a lot and there was something that i heard maybe you can confirm for me if it's true or not but women wives when they would wed a greek man were known to i don't know either cut their hair short or wear you know their hair tucked up to look more like a boy to like ease the greek men into sex with a young boy into sex with a woman well i don't know about the woman part but i know i know they used to say i mean people are going to talk shit or or there's a lot of revisionist history out there but people would say the spartan men women were for procreating and men were for pleasure mm. but a lot of uh a lot of cultures did that young boy thing a lot of um like the samurais had something like that as well where they had these serfs these these young boys that they were like 13 years old mm-hmm. but they were also having sex with them mm-hmm. and it's again the ancient egyptians had something similar and obviously it's always the higher classes that do that it's never like yeah. the lower classes. The lower classes have to think about reproduction and a little bit less on like they don't have the time to be like, well, you know what? Let me try this. But we'll we'll stop talking about child molestation. <laughs> <laughs> and but three hundred two was the stupidest. Um, I forgot his name, but the the director he did Sin City, he did Watchmen, he did three hundred. He has a very specific style, right? Did Zack Snyder direct this one? I think I don't know if he directed the second one. No, I doubt he had anything to do with that. But they tried to do the exact same as far as like 
cinematography goes and directing style goes. It had that same look, that same kind of yeah, washed out, very gritty, dark. Yeah. But it it was it's so like the story's gritty. already gritty enough, you know. Yeah. yeah, and then they try to. The first one was over exaggerated too, right? Obviously, it was like super exaggerated. They made the they the Spartans were all jacked and naked and shit. It's it wasn't like that, and the Persians were like these uncivilized, horrible people when it wasn't like that. Right. And they just made it crazier in the second one. Everything over the top. And I hated it, and it was unnecessary. And they did it so long after. Okay, they had seven years to do it. Why did it feel so fucking rushed? <laughs> why, why did it feel like they just threw a bunch of shit together? And decided, and then like even the main actress from, uh, she plays like the per- one of the Persian commanders. Uh-huh. Uh, I forgot her name, but she comes out in the movie Kingdom of Heaven. Oh, good movie! That was a good movie. That's a great movie. Yeah. That's a great like medieval knights in shining armor type of movie, yep. and it's super well done. And I feel like a lot of these actress, these actors and actresses go from making these like really amazing movies, and then they go to these horrible sequels. Well, have you seen you've seen Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? Yes. Ben Affleck said it best in that movie. You do the art film, yeah. Then you do the studio film. You got to cash the check. Then you got to do one for them, one for you. You know. Yeah. Which... I, I I would be curious to see if that sentiment rings true with a lot of professional actors, whether you do the one for the studio, you do the one for me, you do the you know the the block because it's always so fascinating to me to look at terrible movies. And not even necessarily sequels, but just terrible movies that have big names attached to them. And yep. they're pure dog shit. Well, there's, I'm, I mean, how many actors don't have that, like, don't do that? Like, only the greatest actors don't do that. Like, mm-hmm. Daniel Day-Lewis. I don't, I don't know about that. What's well, his... yeah, Dan, maybe Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> like, what's his shitty movie? Like, even. Well, I can think of somebody like Ben, King, ben Kingsley. Anthony Hopkins. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but they're... Okay, now think of somebody in their prime right now. Daniel Day-Lewis is kind of old, too. Uh, I think Adam Driver. Oh, yeah, he's up in... Well, what has he done that's really bad? Have you seen The Dead Don't Die? No. supposed to be... This came out not long ago, Cheyenne, and I watched it. It's Bill Murray, Adam Driver. I think uh, Chloe Savini is in it. It's a great cast, and it's this very dry zombie movie. And I remember looking at... It was one of those movies that I watched. Wait, and... I did watch it. Wait, that movie was kind of funny, though. You liked it? I, I thought it was funny. Wow. He plays a cop. Yeah. Oh. And he drives a little smart car. Is there aliens involved in that movie? Yeah. Oh, uh, I think I know why it sucks. Never mind. I think I remember. Oh, it's bad. I think it was... I think it has its moments. I remember going online because I, was watch... I watched it. And I was like, this was terrible. Wait, wait. I and can't... I had to see if other people agreed with me. Yeah, I think they do. And I saw a lot of people agree with me, but I also saw a lot of threads on Reddit and online of people being like, oh, you just don't understand the, the, the filmmaker, the guy who I guess who wrote it and directed it. They're like, you just don't understand his style. Like, I don't need to understand his style to know <laughs> no. that it's fucking bad. <laughs> no, no, no. Wait, I know exactly what movie you're talking about. And it's funny because there are, there are like, there's a scene where they fight all these zombies off at once and i like i like that scene so okay but the movie is stupid i, I will agree with you well we're getting off track here anyway yeah. 300 rise of the empire like a garbage 
You had seven years to make a competent sequel. And I'm looking at the cast, and it looks like they did bring back, like you said, they brought back uh, Lena Headey. Hetty, excuse me, I yeah. called her Headley. Uh, Lena Headey, uh, who is a fine actor. Uh, it looks like they also brought back the actor who played Xerxes, yeah. uh, Rodrigo Santoro, who I think was really only big from Lost. Wasn't that like his big... Yeah, yeah, role? and 300. I don't really recognize anybody else other than Eva Green, yeah. who was the, the other... The princess commander from... or whatever. Artemis, yeah. yeah. Uh, who is also a, a very good actor. Uh, I recognize nobody else, but whatever. Um, the main actor is, we should talk about this too, is, um, it's a big topic on TikTok, actors that Hollywood tries to push. Mm. And that main actor, which I'm not going to remember his name because I don't know what else the fuck Sullivan he's Stapleton? Yeah, yeah. They've tried to push this guy. He's I've just, never... Yeah, look at his credentials one day. Or look at his... I see his known for on IMDb, 300 Rise of an Empire. Animal Kingdom, which I've never heard of, but it looks like it's got Joel Egerton in it, which is a good, I like him. Gangster Squad, which I did see and I do not remember him in it. And Darkness Falls, which is a horror movie about the Tooth Fairy. Yeah. I'll say that again. A horror movie about the Tooth Fairy. I've talked about it before. My favorite thing is the movie Accepted. Because I was scared of Darkness Falls, first of all. Yeah. But I stopped being scared when I watched the movie Accepted. Or I, I stopped even thinking about it. Because... One of the characters is like, dude, you were scared of the tooth fairy. And it's like, dude, that's a legitimate fear. She's rifling through my shit. And I, to me, that is the funniest stance. But yeah, fuck 300, the rise of an empire. Uh, 301 was the best. And they're not going to get any better than that. Even that movie wasn't very good. No, it was fucking weird. <laughs> it's, all, like, but it's all style over substance. Yeah, but it was fine. It was, it was entertaining. Great action scenes in that movie. Mm-hmm. Great fight scenes. But again, yeah corny yeah. all right what you got my next one is a similar idea it was one of those movies that seemed like that's never gonna happen how are they gonna make that happen uh they did comics of it for years and years in the late 80s early 90s i think and i'm talking of course about alien versus predator first one they dropped they made a sequel alien versus predator requiem so for those who are not familiar in the end of the first Alien vs. Predator, if you haven't seen it by now, you're not going to see it. I don't care about spoiling it. Alien vs. Predator dropped in 2004. A lot of buzz about it. Because at that time, what else just came out recently? Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah, we so just rewatched that. So that was pretty cool to see a lot of these big, like, what if, what if Alien... And again, these were... Yeah. I think they had been doing comics for years. They did Alien vs. Predator vs. Terminator versus Ash and the Evil Dead. Like, they had really cool mashups. And in the comic world, it seemed like licensing was a little bit freer. And they could... You know, I think there was probably even like Robocop versus Judge Dredd and just really cool, fun stuff that were happening in comics. It was a lot of those comics, those yep. non-Marvel, non-DC. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they're Dark Horse, but like maybe yeah. other than that comics. Right. Things that were a little bit like the, the mm-hmm. you know, the third party, the not big guys like Marvel. And, anyway, Alien versus Predator, the first one, 2004. Uh, enter- I think entertaining. Which, I one's, de- which one's the first one? Is that the one when they're in the snow in yes. that pyramid? They're in like Antarctica. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They're in like Antarctica and they're exploring the, yeah, they find that tunnel that goes down and then they find, yeah. I think it's a pyramid. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like a pyramid buried in the snow the, yeah. and the shit. And I don't know, not, not a bad movie. It's super entertaining. I would put it on. I'd put it on and watch it and sit back. It's entertaining. But during the course of that movie, a predator is, you know, inseminated by an alien because the whole point of the alien is they find a host to breed through. So that's where the chest bursters come yeah. from. A predator is inseminated or impregnated by an alien. 
and it lays out there on on its ship. Its its body is saved by its other predator brethren, and they're like, "All right, we gotta get the fuck out of here." And they save this dude because he's not technically dead. They lay him out on this table, and they're flying away from Earth, and you can see Earth in the background, and then chestburster yeah. comes out of his right out of his cavity there, and you're supposed to be like, "Oh shit." A predator-alien hybrid, what? That's crazy. Well, this movie sees that to fruition. They're like, okay, let's keep going. Let's, let's write it. Not not a big gap between this one. So Alien vs. Predator 2004. This one came out 2007. So pretty respectable amount of time between sequels. Five years, okay. Between entries, yeah. Five? You said 2004. Oh, 2007. That's three years. My bad. <laughs> anyway. I'd like to point out that all three of the Lord of the Rings were done in four years. Oh, God. Yeah. So that's that's what they're up against. Hey, for real. Well, I saw this. I saw the original in theaters. I saw the sequel in theaters. Definitely regret that. I don't know what happened with this movie, but you already had an interesting enough premise where the predator is interesting, the alien is pr- interesting. These are in- staples in creature features and monster horror for yeah. decades, and now you have them in a universe commingling with each other, fighting each other, and also humanity in the middle. It's that it's that idea of like uh, uh, whoever wins, we lose. Yeah, you, you have these two cosmic forces fighting each other, and humanity's in the middle, and we're just like, how are we going to survive this? This movie does what i feel a lot of movies do that i hate the original not the original but the the godzilla reboot they did in 2014 did the same thing where you go into the movie and you know what you want i just want predators i just want aliens but then they shoehorn in this whole story this human drama there's this guy in the movie he's like a pizza delivery guy and he's got a crush on this girl and the girl is dating like the high school jock asshole i don't care about any of that very horror movie-esque Oh, I think they do that to make you try to make a try to forge a connection between you, the viewer, and the characters. But they're so paper thin. I don't care. I'm going into a movie yeah. where I already know the predators and the aliens are going to be in it. I don't care about these people because you're not going to make a new alien with Sigourney Weaver. Like that movie works so well. The original works so well because it is a slow burn. It's methodic. It focuses on not only the atmosphere and the ship, the ship itself as a character, but also the characters like Ripley, Sigourney Weaver's character, is even without espousing a lot of backstory, you can just tell she's just about it. She's just a woman who is pure survival. Yeah. And you're bought into her story already. I don't need to know that Ripley had a crush on this guy or she's got a family. I don't care about any of that. I don't need to know that. But they, they just throw it in your face, and they're just like, oh, see this guy? He's a pizza delivery guy. I'm sure a lot of you fuckers out there watching that movie, you get, poor schlubs, you're delivering pizzas, right? You should relate to this guy. I don't care. I just don't. Something about the Alien vs. Predator movie is that the first one wasn't that great. It was fun, but it, it's almost like, hey, we're going we're gonna to put it put the bar low. That way we can make it that much better. And they, they missed the mark completely. It's like the bar wasn't so high. It's almost the opposite of Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Jurassic Park, the bar was set high and Lost World fell short. Predator versus Alien, the bar was set kind of low. It was like a C plus, B minus movie. It's not a great movie, but it's fun. And it, it like you said, it introduces this new aspect to the universes and it brings two creature films together and it makes it fun and they decide to like go like you said left field with it by adding a lot of human drama a movie that i think does it well where they they introduce an okay movie and then the second one they're like hey let's just do the things we did good better was pitch black and then the chronicles of riddick yeah 
The second one is great. I love the Chronicles of Riddick. I know a lot of people don't think those movies are that great, but I think Vin Diesel does a great job. Pitch Black was not a great movie. It was just yeah. like this weird kind of sci-fi horror film or try like almost horror film. And the second one, they're like, hey, let's make it even that much better. Well, I think in that case, now I've not seen any of them. I am familiar with those movies. Yeah. But from what I understand, the Chronicles of Riddick's the sequel to Pitch Black is its success can be attributed to the fact that Vin Diesel really believed in that movie and he had a vision for it. Yeah. That was he had a vision for how that story was going to evolve and what the story of Riddick was going to be. And I think you see that in Chronicles of Riddick and why it was uh, perceived so much better than the original, than Pitch Black. Yeah, it, it was, again, it was another film that was also promoted really well. Hmm. And that's what the Predator franchise should have done. Obviously, like, all the other Predators are pretty good, and, and people don't like them. Like, if we're going to talk about sequels in just the Predator franchise, people don't like the movie Predators. And that's the one where they, um, it's like a game reserve, and the the predators will hunt these people and they capture them and then they drop them in the middle of a jungle and the people don't know what's going on. They're being hunted by the predators. I heard that one rated a little bit better than a lot of them. So I, I hear, so obviously Prey just came out. So if you're listening yeah. to this now, Prey would have just dropped on Hulu as a Hulu exclusive streaming movie yeah. like three weeks ago. Really enjoyed it. I thought it was yeah. great. Uh, it's a prequel to the original Predator. What was that? 87? 86 with Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger and uh, Carl Weathers, Jesse Ventura, great cast. Yeah. A lot of fun. So you had Prey, which is great. The original Predator, which is a lot of fun. Classic. Predator 2 with Danny Glover, which I feel like has kind of carved itself a niche as a real cult hit because uh, the Predator has just taken out all these drug dealer gangs in LA yeah. and it's it's kind of fun. It's the kind of movie that you could really only see happening at the time period that it came out, which I think was like 91 maybe. Yeah, it's very... Uh... It's of the times because what was happening in the early 90s in LA. Oh, it was wild gangs, shit. Dog. Smog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A lot of drug dealing and then imagine somebody's just like, oh, we gotta write a sequel, man. What's this movie about? Oh, they're looking out the window, you know, you just see them looking through the blinds and like, hey, the gangs are back. Oh, those drug dealing gangs well, are back. The smog with, is thick today. <laughs> they did that with the leprechaun. Mm -hmm. Leprechaun in the, in hood, the hood or whatever. And it's like, all right, man, we're just killing gangsters now. These are yep. disenfranchised people. And they somehow got Ice-T involved in that one. Yeah. Classic. So, yeah. So uh, I heard the Predators. Now, I haven't seen that one. I saw, I think it was called The Predator. <clears throat> I think it was The Predator from 2017, 18. Yeah. That one was forgettable. I didn't like that one. Is that the one with the suit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. The, and the Predator dogs or whatever they were. Yeah. And the young kid from, what the hell was he from? But he figures out the Dr. suit. Dr. Sleep. Yeah, yeah. Fucking, I think yeah, I only saw parts of that. I couldn't, I yeah. couldn't watch it. I think that they're doing a lot of different timelines the same way that Halloween and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre are doing. So you would have oh, like okay. Prey, Predator, Predators would be considered what I think some people are considering like the true really good movies in the series timeline. And then you've got Predator and Predator 2. You've got Prey and Predator. You've got Predator, Predators, The Predator. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those movies, series with a long, confusing history and a lot of different timelines. But AVP, Requiem. I don't know what the fuck happened with it, but it's bad. That's all I have to say about it. <laughs> yeah, it just disappoints. They had enough time. They're not going to bullshit me and say they don't got enough time to do a good job. They just rushed it out there. I think it also had a lot to do with studio. Now, I haven't done any research on these movies. I'm sure if I dug a little bit deeper, 
we probably could find out that, you know, it was a movie that had a lot of studio interference and producers jumping in or the studio jumping in and saying, oh, we can't do this, we can't do that, or, oh, you know, we've got to get this particular actor a role in this movie or, I don't know, whatever. Sometimes you get a movie, the people in charge get exactly what they want. And I'm sure that this next movie is exactly that, where the people in charge of the movie decided that this is going to be super funny and people are going to like this. And they should they should have quit while they were ahead because this movie, this next one, um, it does the original so fucking dirty. It hurts that this movie even exists. And it is the son of the mask. Nothing against Jamie Kennedy. I get it. He's a funny dude. And he's a great stand up. And he's, you know, Malibu's Most Wanted was a funny film. Okay. But <laughs> not funny. the word I would use to describe it. Yeah, it's a wild movie. If but you it, had fun with it. I'm it just happy that moments. you had fun. <laughs> yeah. But God, the son of the mask was so bad. I thought it was so is, bad. I thought this was interesting about it. On a budget of between eighty four and a hundred million dollars, it made back it still made back more than I would have expected, but it made back fifty nine point nine million dollars. It didn't deserve it. <laughs> they should have lost all their money. Yikes. But it was so bad. And it had so much potential. First of all, it should have never been done. The Mask is a fucking classic. And it is, I don't think it's underrated Jim Carrey movie. But a lot of times when you ask about a Jim Carrey movie, people will say, liar, liar, dumb and dumber, Ace Ventura. I think people forget about The Mask. And The Mask is so, so fucking good. And just for it to be butchered and the story to be butchered and horrible CGI and corny ass fucking jokes. This is another one that's interesting too because there's a significant gap between entries. The original Mask with Jim yeah. Carrey came out in 94 and is also known, I think, is popular and famous because it was the mainstream introduction of Cameron Diaz. Oh, gorgeous. In the red, in the Cameron red dress. Yes. And, and, and it's fun because who else, could you see anybody else doing the character of the Mask? Like it was Jim Carrey at his most slapsticky. It's just hilarious. It's a lot of fun. Well, and nobody... it's also dark. It was yeah. at a time where superhero movies and these kind of things were really off the walls. Another I comic think about, book. Yep. I think about uh, Liam Neeson in uh, Sam Raimi's Dark Man. Okay. I think about, there's a lot, at Spawn. Remember the Spawn oh, movie? Oh, yeah. It's not great, but again, they were doing a lot of cool off the cuff. They weren't doing like Spider-Man. They weren't doing Batman, even though Batman had already come out. But they were really reaching out and doing a lot of these other different comic book characters who were pretty unknown to the mainstream audiences. But the original Mask came out in 94. Son of the Mask came out in 2005. So who sat back and was like, you know what? We've got, oh, we have this, uh, we have the rights to the Mask movie franchise and they're going to expire in 2006. So let's pump something out real quick. It, it honestly, as far as like comic movies go, it is a travesty. Because there's a whole, okay, so that movie came out a couple years after my little brother was born. So his introduction to the Mask is Jamie Kennedy. So let me ask you, because I've never seen it. Who is this movie for? Is it for kids? Look, I don't fucking know. Looking at the movie poster, there's predominantly a baby holding yeah. the mask. So it all, the whole point of the movie is, and I, I haven't seen this movie in maybe like 15, 16, 17 years. The movie starts off with Jamie Kennedy's a comic book designer. Like he's an artist and he's trying to do like cartoons and comics and stuff like that. And he's, a, he's not that great. He finds a mask and then he puts it on and wears it at like a Halloween party and then goes home and has sex with his wife. With the mask on? With the mask oh, on. he's freaky. Yeah. So it's the mask 
that like because obviously it's like two different people oh yeah it's kind of rapey that's the thought brother yeah it's fucking weird that's and weird. then all of a sudden the baby is this baby a product of mask sex yeah so he's, oh, no. he's like all fucking animated and does wild shit turns into a cartoon and like the baby does yeah and can do all oh, has Lord. all the powers of the mask then they have the dog there's a dog there was a dog in the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now the dog is like the main character other than the baby. And the dog puts on the mask and him and the baby get into these hijinks. Wow, There's... that's even worse than I thought. So I was assuming that the main character would have been Jamie Kennedy, who at that time is a no like he's a stand up. He's a, you know, comic for a long time who had the chops to potentially stand up and take on the role the way Jim Carrey did. But you're telling me that this movie is predominantly about a baby and a dog inheriting the traits of a character wearing the mask. Yeah, exactly. So you said this movie came out in 05, right? Correct. Okay, so it was two years after Malibu's Most Wanted. And I think the, what was it, the Kennedy Project? The Jamie Kennedy Project? Uh-huh. Which would have been popular around the time Punked was popular. and That's, that's 03, 04, 05. OJ Simpson's uh, infamous Juiced. Yeah. You got Juiced. But that's what I'm saying. So Jamie Kennedy, he had enough momentum behind him to do something well. If this would have been a cartoon, it would have been better. Well, they made a cartoon. Yes, later. They did it before. No, before. They did it before The Son of the Mask and after the original Mask. Remember that time in the 90s where there were a lot of really... Maybe no, there, it was was like a, the late there was 80s. a Mask cartoon. There was a Mask cartoon. No, they I'm did a about, Beetlejuice cartoon. I'm they talking did about the... Son of the Mask. Like, oh, okay, this okay. story would have the been whole, okay. a million times better as a cartoon. Because then you could have excused all the bullshit right, to right. a certain extent. It but looks no. bad. Oh, just looking so at the posters, bad. I'm not even looking. Dude, like it's it bad. is so bad. Definitely a question of how did this get made? 2005, Jamie Kennedy, Son of the Mask. I don't know if it's as bad as your next choice, but it's pretty bad. My next choice? No, I, I think actually, and again, I have not seen the Son of the Mask, but going off of what you just told me, what I've heard of it, and what I'm looking at from just a, just a, just a matter of like production in the posters and the trailers, I would say that my next pick is a masterpiece compared to this, but I'm gonna go. I rewatched the original. Cheyenne and I rewatched the original not long ago. A lot of fun. Actually, a lot of fun. It's a great movie. It's fun. It's I was engaged the whole time. I really put it on thinking like, oh man, I haven't watched it since I was a kid. And this is it was the kind of movie where I didn't actually watch it. It was just on and I had something to catch my attention. I'm playing it, with it was on TV something. all the time. All the time. This is like a TNT classic, right? Yeah. Here. I'm referring to the original Speed with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. We're talking Speed 2 Cruise Control. Jesus. This is this is my pitch for the movie here. This is what I'm thinking. The terrorists think to themselves, hey, remember that time we put that bomb on that bus? Maybe that really cool thing where you couldn't it couldn't go under 60, otherwise a bitch is gonna explode. What if we did that on a cruise ship? Somebody wrote this, and then somebody gave them a budget to make this. And then Sandra Bullock signed back on. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, Keanu Reeves did not sign on. But you know who came in? Willem Dafoe. I did not realize, maybe when I was a kid, you know, I didn't know who he was when I was a kid, really, but uh, looking back into this, Willem Dafoe is in this as well, and he's spectacular. He's great. Sandra Bullock, obviously great, but it looks like they substituted Keanu Reeves' character for Jason Patrick, who I can't say I'm super familiar with, but I think he was big in the 90s. Either way, they take the exact same premise as the original and just put it on a cruise ship instead of a city bus. The thing about the original Speed is that it had an air of believability to it. It was a little gritty. And yeah, there's definitely moments you have to suspend disbelief. There's the moment where the highway breaks off and it's just uh, you know under construction where there's just a big gap of, what, 
40 feet where there's just no highway on a suspended highway yep. track and they've just got to just floor it but it's still fun this one is just ridiculous so bad it's bad they wind up crashing it into an island and it just continues to go into <laughs> the, like the town square it's crashing through buildings and apartments and uh, and that's exactly what we talked about how you have the one actress Mm-hmm. Who was doing a bunch of other shit? When did this come out? This came out nineteen ninety seven. Ninety seven. Uh-huh. All right, we're gonna look it up because this is gonna be Sandra, one of those things. I want to see what Sandra Bullock was doing in ninety seven. That's so exactly what I was gonna look up because she she wasn't fucking around at one time. This Three was before years her big break with everything like The Blind Side. I was gonna say Miss Congeniality was in two thousand. Yep, yep. yep. So, so this almost was three there, years. Okay, so that's that's a crazy career. Ninety four, she does. Speed One. But again, which, Speed One was fun. It was a good movie. Yeah. Then three years later, she does Speed Two. Yikes. Then three Fucking years garbage. later, she does Miss Congeniality. Which is a off. classic. Yeah. Absolutely rockets. Sidebar, but we just recently watched, because I think she said that she's taking some time off from acting recently. Okay. And whatever the last movie she made would be it for a while. So we just watched The Lost City. Have you seen that? No, no. How was that? That was kind of cute. It was a date movie, you know. She's okay. uh she's a romance she's a smart writer. She's a romance novelist and she's super she's super disenfranchised and disillusioned. And her husband's deceased and he was like a not a treasure hunter kind of guy, but he was like into history and he was looking at all these different he was learning old languages and he was super into geography. And Daniel Radcliffe plays the son of like a wealthy industrialist or a wealthy publisher or something like that. And he's like, I've got all this money and I'm going to find this lost city of gold or whatever. And he abducts Sandra Bullock's character because her husband was one of the few people alive who could decipher this dead language, which would lead to the city. And she's like, well, that was my, I don't know how to fucking read it. Like, okay. In the meantime, her cover model, the the guy who's taking place of like the Fabio character with the long flowing locks is Channing Tatum. Who's hilarious. He's a really funny guy. Like I yeah. like him better as a comedian than like a sexy like, symbol kind of guy, you know? Who but, does he remind me of? He's very much like the hot comedian actor, but he's no longer like the heartthrob. Now he's gone into comedy. That's what I'm saying. He's he's I enjoy him as a funny guy, and I think he really showed his chops when he was doing the twenty one jump street and the twenty two twenty one and twenty two jump street. That's oh, where there really you go, a sequel own. that did pretty good. I don't know, I'm looking at these other things here. That, oh, you know what? No, this doesn't too. You know what she did? Not that far, because it was 2000, and then 2001, her and George Lopez pitched the George Lopez show. Mm-hmm. She kind of discovered him. Like, he was a, he was a big-time comic. He I'm was already doing, that. like, yeah, theaters. She, so. she had a supporting role on the George Lopez show in yeah. 2002, 2004, yeah. She gave him his, like, big break with that show. But he was already doing good. It's just that she she's like, oh, there's no shows like this on TV. Like, why don't you put out a Mexican show? Yeah. And he's like, what are you talking about? She's like, yeah, like an L.A. Mexican show. And fucking great show. But she, yeah, she's always been like producing and directing and assisted directing and stuff like that. So I'm excited to see what she does next. Speed 2 is so bad. We don't even want to fucking talk about it. We're talking about her accomplishments. <laughs> we said, fuck that shit. <laughs> It's such a bad, it's such a stupid movie. I have nothing more to say about it other than one of the other fun facts that I looked at uh, looking at this movie was that the composer of the film score, Mark Mancina, he didn't formally officially release an album of like an official soundtrack. You know, movies come out, oh, official soundtrack yeah. now on Universal Records until 13 years after the film's release. And for what reason, I, I'm unable to find out. But 
He was nominated for eight Golden Raspberry Awards, or as we colloquially, I cannot say that word, colloquially, colloquially. <laughs> nah, dude, I don't even want to try. Or as they are known colloquially, the, the Razzies, it was, uh, it won, funny enough, in 1998, it won the Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Remake or Sequel. Oh, uh, I believe it. it. Yeah. It's just one of those movies that unnecessary, and they should have known when the when fucking Keanu Reeves is like, nah, man, I'm good. Yeah, when Keanu's dipping, you're like, oh, what shit. did he do in 97? Was uh, it like Hardball? No, that was like 2002, perhaps. Really? Yeah. That was that much later? Oh, yeah. What was he doing in 97? I mean, in 99, he was doing The Matrix, so he was probably... You think he was getting ready for The Matrix yeah. already? Yeah, because Will Smith was going to do take yeah. on the role of... And he didn't Neo. want to. Yep. And instead, he did what? If we one of your favorites, Wild Wild West. I stand by that movie. It's fun. What did he do? Keanu Reeves in 1997. So he was already big by that point. He had already done Point Break. He did Dracula. Yeah. He was already taken off. Uh, Devil's Advocate with Al Pacino. Oh fuck yeah! No, why would he even? Why and, would he want to yeah. do that movie? He just read the script. And then it looks like he did The Matrix was his next big... And then, again, it was off to the races for him. Because he's done, like, smaller movies that are very... Like I said, Hardball is a movie that everybody likes when they mm -hmm. watch it. Um, the Replacements. He did a lot of those stranger kind of sci-fi movies. Johnny Mnemonic, A Scanner Darkly. Constantine was not that much after. Well, Big-time big cult favorite there, yeah. I fucking love that movie. Yeah. They're talking about doing a second one. I, it's I his it. most wanted sequel. Yeah, I, I hope they bring back Rachel Weisz for that, though. Oh, for, for Gabriel to play the angel again? Yeah. Shia LaBeouf was in that movie, too. I know he's going through it. My boy's going through <laughs> it right now. <laughs> well. He's fucking up. I was listening to an interview with him or a podcast with him not that long ago. And uh, he's from L.A. I think he's from, like, Echo Park. And you, it comes out every now and then. Like, you see the, the a little bit of hood come out in him. And I was like, ah, I kind of like it. And then I, I remember, know. I'm like, oh, you're a piece of shit. Dog. I don't know like, about that guy. Yeah. Yeah, you, he fucked up a lot. I mean. He's fucked up, like mentally, mm -hmm. but he let it get to him. And he, he, like, I heard Pete Davidson said something one time. It's like, you can be an asshole, or you could be, like, just because you're mentally disabled or you have all these issues doesn't give you the right to be an asshole. No, of course not. Um, yeah. People who are big time into true crime, supernatural, one yeah. of the most popular podcasts, I would argue, at least in the United States, but possibly across the planet, is one of my favorites, the last podcast on the left. I'm going to give him credit. Marcus Parks, who is the host of Last Podcast on the Left, he's like the, he's like the researcher. He fills in the researcher role of the show. Uh, he said something that, for people who listen to the show, it rings very true, which is that mental illness is not your fault, but it is your responsibility. Yeah, and that, 100%. that rings so true. Like, nobody asked to be born, sure. Nobody asked to be mentally ill. Nobody wants to be, you know, nobody wants DID. Nobody wants major depressive disorder. But it's your responsibility to the best of your abilities to to know when you're going to, you know, be in a vulnerable position or, you know, care for yourself. It's your responsibility to care for yourself and to keep an eye on these disorders and keep an eye on your illnesses and know, you know, if you're going to be in a mood where you might hurt yourself or hurt somebody, you got to reach out for help or you need to recognize those signs. Yeah, it, it's also like, I think you, a lot it, of the... It's just, it's just not an excuse to be like, oh, it's not my fault, you know, my, my father used to beat me, or, oh, it's not my fault, you know, I had a bad childhood, like, 
who more often than not people didn't had bad childhoods. Yeah, our whole generation. Because he kind of falls into our generation a little bit. He's a little yeah. bit older than us, but barely. Yeah, well, I think he's yeah. the same age as I am. So no, he. That's what he did. That podcast with uh, John Bernthal. Uh huh. Because John Bernthal's got this big podcast that's blowing up right now, and uh, he admits a lot of the things he did. Okay, like a lot of the he's stuff. Four he's four years like, older than I am. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking nothing. But he admits a lot of this shit. That's why I'm saying, like, he's a wild boy, but he's admitting a bunch of the stuff. I wonder. The thing is, it's easy to admit what are when you already didn't get in trouble. Like, you're not in trouble for anything, dog. Like, you know, if you already got away with it, what's it's good to admit that way they don't. Because a lot of people were talking shit about the girls accusing him, like, oh, they're fucking lying, and it's just clout. And how is it even Steven gonna beat up somebody? Well, the funny thing is that one of the women he threatened was his ex-girlfriend, ex-fiance, uh, Mia Goth, who's taking off right now. Like, her star is really starting yeah. to take off now. And meanwhile, you've got Shia LaBeouf, who still has the name recognition. Like, he's done shit. You remember him from Eagle Eye and Even Stevens. And he's no, been, recently he's done stuff. He's like, kind of on a renaissance. I think Peanut Butter Falcon is one. Yeah, that, that was a good one. was getting and a lot like, of good reviews. Yeah. My Boy, or what is it called? The one where he plays him pretty much himself. I don't know. But but meanwhile, you've got somebody like Mia Goth, who's really starting to take off and is getting a lot of recognition, and her star's rising. Yeah. And, we'll see what happens with them. There's going to be a lot of guys like that. He's he's attached not. to the drama. For, well, no, like we hope that there's not guys like that, but it's going to come out more, you know, which is a good thing because it keeps the ones who are thinking about being pieces of shit like, oh, they're going to put me on blast. I'm going to lose money. Hopefully that keeps them at bay for a little bit. People just need to stop enabling this behavior and being like, oh, you, you know, yeah, you're known for threatening women or for beating people or for beating your yeah. kids or some shit. Get off my set. Fuck out of yeah. here. Well, it's kind of what happened with, um, that's what I'm saying. Shia LaBeouf is attached to this movie's drama, but... Don't worry, darling. Yeah. I'm keeping up with that, yeah. It's wild. Yep. And then what's her name is fucking... Olivia Wilde? No, no. Well, that, that's a wild-ass bitch. But no, um, <laughs> what's her name? Uh, Lawrence Pugh. Lawrence Pugh. People are kind of like, hey, yo, she's like a real-life superhero. She's like really talking shit to these people and like not down. Yeah. Like she started working on the set and like she's like, oh, I didn't like it. Like I don't want to be a part of this. Like she spoke up. Yeah, she spoke up. So I'm excited for that movie because I think it's going to be good. I already wanted to see it, and I still want to see it to see if it's any good after all the shit that went down. But I also, at this point, don't want to I don't wanna give any money to the studio. Oh, no, I'm going to wait till it's streaming. Yeah. Well, yeah, that one's going to be good. That'll be out next week, I think. Anyway, was that all of them? Yeah, that's all that's of all them. them. That we wrote down. These are just, uh, of course... Based on ratings on Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb and general consensus, these are not, quote-unquote, the worst sequels of all time. We actually asked our buddy Vince not long ago what he thought was the worst sequel of all time, and he said Highlander 2, which I did see a lot of support for in support of it being the worst sequel of all time online. Yep. i never seen it, though. I kind of remember the first one. I remember my uncle liked it a, watch, uh, liked it a lot, and it just looked so fucking boring to me, and I never wound up seeing it. It probably kicks ass. I'm sure as an adult man now, I'd probably watch and be like, this is pretty cool. The but, only thing I know about Highlander is from Talladega Nights mm. when he's telling the French guy like, oh yeah, Highlander. And it's like, is it a good movie? He's like, the best movie of all time. And it's like, I don't, I don't think that's true. Yeah. Like a Scottish samurai or something. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, he said Highlander 2. I see a lot of support online for people agreeing with that. The Highlander 2 is the worst sequel of all time. But I thought this would be pretty fun. Let me run through a couple of sequels that 
uh, people either may have forgotten about or never even knew existed. So uh, I've got Anchorman 2. I liked it. I never actually saw it. What the fuck? That's a funny movie. It's not as good as the first one. But why would I want to sit through something that you're telling me is not as good as the first one? Because it's still better than a lot of movies coming out. I can't out. tell you one single time I've ever heard anybody quote something and I'd be like, oh, what's that from? They go, oh, Anchorman 2. What are you talking about? Like, come on. It's not, it's just not worth the time. I just, well, all right. Anchorman 2. Yeah. A lot of, uh, there's a lot of movies in this category of post 2000s comedies that had sequels that came out quite a bit later. Okay. A couple of years later and just, just came and went and they're not in the lexicon at all. There's no quotes. I don't remember. I don't hear anybody talk about them. Here's the second one I got for you. Zoolander number two. Never watched it. That's that's another abomination. No yep. Yeah. No interest. I have no interest in revisiting that world. The first one's dumb fun. Not a great movie. Fun though. Yeah. It's fine. Why would I? I just have no interest in revisiting it. <laughs> Dad, I think I have the black lung. It's so like you're it's quoting been one something fucking from day. the Yeah, you're quoting from the original, and I can't tell you. I don't even know the story. What happened? I don't care. Here's another one. This one is pretty interesting. Joe Dirt two. American Loser. Yeah, I only know the beginning. I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw something at you real quick. So go ahead and finish your story. Yeah, I only know the you. beginning of that movie because I started watching it because I love Joe. I love Joe Dirt. The original is great because Joe Dirt, the character, is lovable. Yeah, I've seen some of those other movies with uh, with David Spade in it, and he's he's just kind of, he plays a smarmy kind of guy really really well. He just seems yeah. kind of like an asshole, uh, even in things like Tommy Boy. He plays like a real smart ass kind of character. Douchebag. And in Joe Dirt, Joe Dirt really was just a lovable kind of guy, like just real clueless, but it had a heart to it. Yeah, you're you're rooting for him. The second one starts off so weird because it starts it? off with a tornado. Oh, good for you. And it sweeps him away from his family. So I'm looking at the synopsis when happy family man Joe Dirt gets himself transported to the recent past. So it's a time travel. Yeah. Uh, he begins an epic journey to return to his loved ones. In the present, I I got as far as the tornado. That's it. Everybody, it brought back all of the main characters: David Spade, Brittany Daniel, who played Brandy, Christopher Walken, Adam Beach, who played Kick and Wing. Now you could change your name to Kick and Ass. I would. (laughs) Pretty funny. Um, It brought back the Sugar Ray. I don't. Not brought back. it, It brought in Sugar Ray himself, Mark McGrath. For what purpose? I don't know. I've never seen it. I have no interest. But Joe Dirt 2, American Loser, he went back in time. So let's see. So we went through, yeah, American, or so let's see. We went through Anchorman 2, Zoolander 2, Joe Dirt 2, Dumb and Dumber 2, spelled T-O. Because Never they're so it. dumb, they don't know how to, yeah. Never watched it. Again, a movie, a sequel that no one asked for. No. That came and went. Well, here's the thing. When the movie came out, people asked for it. And then after fucking 10 years, okay, that's it too long like the guys look older you've seen them jim carrey has done like sunshine of the spotless mind and shit then what's his name came out in the newsroom jeff daniels yeah and it was like oh he played this amazing character and shit like that and now you bring him back to play idiots it's not gonna work also because you can't make those jokes anymore like a lot of those jokes you can't do them not only that but i think it also goes back to a part of the mo- original movie's charm. It's funny when you've got these guys who are in their mid-30s who still can't quite get their shit together, and they're super clueless, and they're super ignorant, and they're not, and that's why there's a lot of, I've seen a lot of contempt for the uncut version of the movie, because they add some scenes into the movie that make Harry and Lloyd seem to be, oh, it just makes the movie feel a little darker. 
Whereas yeah, the theatrical like cut, yeah. Whereas the theatrical cut is widely believed to be the significant cut because they're still lovable and goofy, and they don't know any better. But looking at them as guys who are in their fi- early fifties, it's just uh, I didn't see it, so maybe. But from what I've seen of the trailer and what I've heard, why again? Why would I want to revisit no. a, a story about characters I liked to watch them be insufferable? Here's a couple more for you: Sin City Two, A Dame to Kill For. The original, a lot of fun. It followed kind of, or I think yeah. it actually came before 300, so it started that sort of gritty, dark graphic novel hype with the cool, and we'll, we we have an episode planned where we're going to look into movies like this with cool visual elements. Yeah. Obviously, it looked like the Sin City graphic novel, which was all black and white with little spots of red or yellow for you know visual enhancement or whatever. It was a good like five years of those movies. It was yep. that, it was Sin City, and then Spirit. it was Spirit. With Samuel L. Jackson and Scarlett Johansson. Not a great, another movie had a great cast. Yeah. There's a lot of them. That fuck Sin City, too. 300, Rise of the Empire. Fuck that. Independence Day Resurgence. Oh, mm. boy. Here we go. I'm not going to... I didn't like the movie. <laughs> I'm not going to say I liked the movie. But there no, was... No, nobody's going to say yeah. they liked the movie. <laughs> There's something, too. The, the CGI was kind of fantastic okay. to a certain extent. It's like, oh, shit. Like, I see what they were trying to do. It just didn't work. It's mm. like, I'm sorry. I, I have a horrible, horrible feeling that Avatar 2 is going to be the same. It's going to be this movie that was just fantastical and like captivating, and it's just going to suck. We'll see. But yeah, Independence Day Resurgence. Uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I went back and rewatched the original, original Mortal Kombat, not the yeah. most recent reboot, but the original's still a lot of fun. The CGI doesn't hold up, but it's no. still, as far as being true to the characters and the story and the source material, great. The second one, absolute dog shit. Okay. But the second one introduced characters that everybody loved. Mm-hmm. So the second the second one introduces like smoke mm-hmm. and like the robot the the one that looks like it's pretty much dressed up like Scorpion. It's the same colors. Oh, because they did that. There's a little bit of video game nerd knowledge for everybody, but because they had such limited memory capacities, that's why a lot of those characters all dress the same. So Sub Zero and Scorpion are the same fucking character. Yeah, Scorpion's just got the gold yellow color palette, yeah. and then Sub Zero had the blue, but then. Reptile was what purple? No, reptile was green. Green, smoke was purple, and they did the same thing with what Princess Kitana and I think some of the girls. That, that... Yeah, all, most of the girls wore the same shit. Yeah, just but they were just colors. different color palettes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But okay, I'm sure anybody who's like a big retro gamer is like, fucking yeah, fucking guys, day one stuff. This is, come on, catch up. <laughs> but it is it. It's a bad movie. The CGI is fucking terrible. And then they replace Raiden. It's a. It's like a Chinese god. But it's, you know, yeah. the wild shit. I kind of liked him. It's That's the Highlander, too. Christopher Lambert. The oh, guy who is the Highlander okay. in Highlander is also Raiden in the original Mortal Kombat. He's got that weird, deep voice. Yeah. But here's a couple more for you. Kindergarten Cop 2. Jingle All the Way 2. Mean Girls 2. Scorpion King 2, 3, 4, 5. And as of recording they're probably already filming and wrapping up six the bench warmers which i feel like is a movie you've probably seen yeah i like the bench warmers the first one okay. there's a sequel yeah here's 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 another one uh, how high to oh fuck that and you missed you, they missed the opportunity to call it how much higher or something like i don't know here's the thing i'm willing to give a sequel credit for kind of a clever a clever name bad movie but funny title was waiting with ryan reynolds and justin long they made a sequel called still waiting yeah that's kind of clever clever use uh, have you seen that no it's, but it's the same but i from what i hear it's the same fucking movie yeah and it's depressing because it's the same movie but it's worse because you lose 
almost all of the Anna Ferris isn't in it. What's Ryan the guy Reynolds from Tusk? Um, I forgot Justin his... Long. Yeah, okay, so Justin Long's in that movie, and he's a regional manager for another restaurant. Oh, he's in the second one? Yeah. He oh, comes so all back, the, oh, and that then, sucks because he was all about okay. And then wow. he, yeah, because in the first waiting, he quits, and in the second one, because he doesn't want to be in a, a manager, he wants to move yeah. on with his life and do something else. And the wow. second one, he he becomes like that's shenanigans, yeah. and then he quits shenanigans, and then he becomes winds up becoming manager at another restaurant. Yeah, anyway. it's like a Hooters kind of thing. Uh, he becomes like the regional manager. He's like, yeah, it's you too know, bleak. I it's tried to bleak. kill myself, and it's like it just super depressing. That sounds more depressing than Tusk. Yeah, it's yes. it's almost as bad. I thought this would be fun too. I pulled up some rankings for worst, and I just found this one particular person, this one particular user on IMDb, and I thought it'd be a lot of fun to go through and see if we've seen these movies that they've ranked. Oddly specific number, they say they're 33 worst movie sequels of all time, the worst second movies in a franchise that I have seen, this person, that this user. This is from Final-Fantasy-XCJO on IMDb. If you know this person or this is you, hey, congratulations. So I'm going to just run through them real quick. Tell me whether or not you've seen it. And if you agree with its inclusion on their ranking. Jaws 2. Sucks. You've seen it? No. No, me neither. But it sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you've probably seen this one because even I've seen the original. Grown Ups 2. Wait, Grown Ups 2 sucks? That's what they say. They say uh, it was one of the worst movies sequels they've ever seen. No, no way. No way. Think about some of the fucking sequels we just talked about. Grown Ups 2 isn't as bad as those. All right. It's not a great movie. It's a C minus movie. This is one I this is one I disagree with. Tron Legacy. I love Tron Legacy. I never even seen Tron. I've never seen Tron. I've never seen the original Tron. I saw Tron Legacy. Saw it in theaters, and I've rewatched it recently on Disney+. A lot Disney of people Plus. like that movie. That's it's the great. new one, right? That's yeah. The new, yeah. yeah. Great. I mean, Daft Punk in the whole soundtrack. It's fan- The soundtrack alone is worth the price of admission to sit through the movie. I thought it was great. This is this is one I also disagree with, and I think that you'll disagree with. Rocky 2. Oh, fucking bastard. Rocky 2. No, dude. What was his name again? Final Dash Fantasy XCJO. Yeah, you're a prick. <laughs> Rocky 2, you <laughs> son of a bitch. How dare you? How dare you? He won. Here's one that you might have seen. I never saw. Uh, Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps. I liked it. Yeah? It It's not a great movie, but it is, it's interesting. Another Shia LaBeouf film. Yeah. But Deuce, it's interesting. Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo. Yeah, there's just one scene where they're at a fried chicken and waffles place. <laughs> well, that's pretty funny. What's interesting is, say whatever you will about Rob Schneider being a weird like he's getting involved in politics and just saying weird shit these days. But yeah. I feel similar about the character of Deuce Bigelow as I do about Joe Dirt, where he's, he's Deuce, the original Deuce Bigelow, yeah. kind of a lovable guy. He's just yeah. a weird guy, and he just falls into like some weird shenanigans and a weird story and winds up being a pretty redeemable character at the end. But I, I never saw the sequel to this either, but I remember watching the trailers, and I'm like, this looks terrible. Why would anybody want to... Why would anybody go through with this? But anyway... So you agree with this with Final Fantasy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's stupid. It's such a stupid movie. This one I have seen, The Ring Two, not the original Japanese Ring Two, but the so the remake they did with Naomi Watts. They yeah. did a sequel to it that came out in two thousand five. I do, I do remember seeing this in theaters. Terrible. I never saw The Ring Two. The Ring One is one of those movies that left an impression. Though. Yeah, it's so, still. I didn't watch The Ring Two because I'm like, ah, whatever. Some of the filmmaking techniques uh, are a little dated these days. That blue-green tint is a little nauseating to me now, but it, the movie itself is still really solidly done. Here we go. Alien vs. Predator Requiem. 
We've already gone over that one. Evan Almighty. Oh, no, that one wasn't bad. You didn't like that? Or you did like that? Yeah, yeah, because it was Bruce Uh Almighty with Uh Jim Carrey and then Steve Carell, and he does, like, the Noah's Ark thing. Yeah. It it wasn't great. Okay, because, again, Bruce Almighty, great movie. Sure. Evan Almighty, not that bad. It wasn't that bad to be on the wars. Yeah. Okay, next. Another one that was on my list, uh, Speed 2. Yeah. And he actually, it looks like this guy wrote a uh, a review, and they wrote it from the point of view of Keanu Reeves. (laughs) Here we go, ready? <clears throat> Whoa, bro. You're telling me that you're not in the movie? Yeah, dude. I don't understand why I was dissed like that, Bill. Yeah, Ted. That babe you were banging was smoking hot too, bro. I'm realizing now they're writing it from the point of view of Bill and Ted. <laughs> oh, I can't. I can't finish it. That's funny. Oh, man. Here's yours. Son of the Mask. Oh, dude. It's so bad. It is so bad. Jeepers Creepers 2. Disagree. Uh, Hard disagree. Yeah, it's such a, a good movie. It's not good. Get at you. Dude, it's so fun. Yeah, it is fun. The whole in the bus. I like it yeah. when they do things where they're like, like as far as like... um, You like the bottle stories where you're in one yeah, place. Yeah, they're trapped. Don't get yep. the fuck out of the bus. Don't yeah. leave the room, dude. Shit's yeah. out there. Yikes. Jeepers Creepers 2. It doesn't um, need to be on this list. Well, this is this person's personal worst sequels they've ever seen. I disagree with that. Jeepers Creepers 2 is a lot of fun. I think I like it better than the first one. Nice. You got anything else you want to cover today? Okay. There's a movie that's on a lot of people's lists, and it fucking annoys the shit out of me, especially because I don't know why it's so... It's it's universally hated. Um, And it's a sequel. It's a sequel to sequels. Uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Hmm. And people hate on this movie so much. And I don't understand why. I don't get what the big issue with what the movie is and how Star Wars fandom is and stuff like that. Which I know I'm going to get a lot of shit for it eventually. But And we could spend a whole episode's worth of time yeah. discussing just The Last Jedi and even more so talking about Star Wars. But it was a movie that really brought out the worst of the fandom. And this is a fandom that we're talking about when The Phantom Menace came out, which both you and I were the target age for these mo- for Phantom Menace. I just rewatched it. I like it. And both were a fan of back then and still a fan of now. And we've talked about how the prequels have come around and found a lot of success and a lot of love from the people who were kids yep. at the time who are now adults going back and rewatching it and being like, why did we allow adults at the time to shit on these movies? They're a lot of fun. They're campy. They're cheesy. But they're... They're for the, kids. The original Star Wars movies were also campy and cheesy. Yeah. But The Last Jedi, I liked The Last Jedi. I liked it when it came out. I will still stand by it now. I liked it, but it brought out the worst in the fandom with the racism against the character of Rose Tico. I'm drawing a blank on the actor's name right now. Yeah. I give Ryan Johnson all the credit in the world for trying to do something different, and it was in line with my own personal thoughts and feelings for what was happening in the universe, and I do criticize Disney for not having a plan in place for these movies. Because you have all this different stuff happening in The Last Jedi, and then by the time you get to The Rise of Skywalker, Episode Nine, it's almost all completely, the slate's almost all completely erased. Yeah, well, I also feel they did that because of the backlash for... Absolutely, they got called last. Yeah, yeah right. and there was like, yo, where, why, first of all, Disney, do whatever the fuck you want. You have all the money in the world, just yeah. make, just have a vision and just commit. You did good, like, the second one isn't supposed to be the best one. Like, everybody wants to do Empire. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You're never going to redo what you did with Empire. I mean, just look at the prequels. Attack of the Clones is by far the worst entry in the in episodes one, yeah. two, and three. It, one it is, really is. Yeah, it is. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the third one, Revenge of the Sith, is the best one. Yeah, people like it. it's a Although great movie. Person, my personal favorite of the three is Phantom Menace, and I think you probably feel the yeah, same. Yeah, no. Way. First of all, the Naboo fighters, pod racing, racing yeah. Darth Maul, all the world building alone. Yeah, Darth yeah. Maul. Yeah, hell yeah, it's it's the best. So I blade, just yeah. I want to put out there that even though this might be on a lot of people's list, the Last Jedi is definitely not on my list for sophomore slumps. On the contrary, I enjoyed the movie very much. I think it's super fun. Again, world building. And I like that they brought back Mark Hamill to revise his role as, as Luke Skywalker. And I don't think he was far off of what they were, what should have been, you know, in those movies. So, yeah, I just had to bring that up. <laughs> you got anything else? No, man, I think we covered it. I think we covered just about everything I personally wanted to talk about. Uh, I mean, the ones that I've seen. Again, you can look up any list online and see people are just very excited to share their thoughts on these. And I haven't seen a lot of them, so I wanted to share the ones that I've seen. Just just bad. Just Again, it's very, very interesting to me to see what goes into this stuff. The, the amount of money that goes into producing a sequel. And it... Even just bad movies in general, not necessarily a bad sequel, but a bad movie in general is so fascinating because think about how many people are involved in creating a movie and not, not, you know, the majority of those people don't have say in how the movie is created or written or, you know, acted or whatever. You know, people, like I said, I I mentioned the best boy, the grip, the costume designer, set designers, they don't have say in the overall actors performances or the storylines and things like that. That's all screenwriter, director, producer. No, it's no. So it's so interesting to me to see a bad movie be produced and released because how many people are involved in green lighting a movie and getting a budget and you're coming and saying, "Oh, I have this movie and I uh we can probably produce this movie for 50 million dollars." Oh, it's based on this property, but but we can do it for 89 million dollars or more often than not they'll say, "No, you're not going to get 50 million." Yeah. I I think about movies from like the late seventies, early eighties that are tentpole franchises. Now I think about especially horror movies when slashers really started to take off and people realized, Oh, we can make these movies on shoestring budgets and make back a fuck load of money. You know, yeah. things like Halloween were made on a budget of like, I don't know, $8 million and then <laughs> made like 60, 70 million worldwide or something. Like still that. making money. Even more recently, paranormal activity. I was just going to say yep. that. Yeah, it was like a $15 million budget or something like that. It was filmed in the director's house in, yeah. I think, Oceanside or Encinitas. Like, yeah, like Carlsbad. Or, yeah. Or Carlsbad, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. So Basically, no-name actors who were super cheap to hire at the time Yeah. and then filmed in his own house with his own equipment. No, and you know what? With a lot of these movies, you we probably... Well, I think the ones we picked were doomed from the start, but I do feel that there are movies that are probably on a lot of people's lists that were destroyed in the editing room. Like, they had the potential, but they just didn't make it out of that room alive. And that happens a lot, because like we talked about Dumb and Dumber, it's the opposite. Mm -hmm. They edit it so well, and they got rid of scenes that would have made the characters less lovable. Right. They would have turned them into, like, assholes instead of lovable idiots. Right. I think a way that they could have done, for example, a Dumb and Dumber sequel, is to not make Harry and Lloyd the main characters anymore. Imagine a Dumb and Dumber sequel where Harry and Lloyd are grandfathers. Well, didn't they just kind of do that for Jay and Silent Bob, where they made them parents? And that wasn't a terrible movie. It wasn't. That's actually a good one to put on here, but it's it's Yeah. Would you enjoyable. say Jay and Silent Bob is a sequel to Clerks? Or Clerks has their own sequels? I would. Yeah, I would say that Jay and Silent Bob reboot 
is the direct sequel to Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. And they're, it's, I don't know if they're sequels or not. Because would you say something like Chasing Amy is a sequel to Mallrats? They're all the same characters and they're all the same universe. But uh, I wouldn't say any of them are direct sequels other than Clerks 2, 3, but and Jay and Silent, Jay and Silent, Jay and Silent Bob, Bob are part of Clerks. No, yeah, you're right, huh? They're just extensions of that universe. I didn't hate that one as much as I hated the idea, even the idea of Dumb and Dumber 2. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Son of the Mask. Uh, I'm still son standing of, by that being one mask. of the worst. Son of, son of a bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, I think we had a lot of fun today. We went through some of the worst sequels we've ever seen. We discussed some of the worst sequels that Final Dash Fantasy XCJO ever saw on IMDb. <laughs> um, I don't know. Thank you, as always, for listening. We're really excited to be back into it. We fell off a little bit. Just, hey, shit happens. We're doing stuff with our own life. You got a new job recently, Marl, so we're now co-workers, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and I've got uh, normal hours. Yeah, you're working normal hours now, so adjusting to a new routine. It's also been incredibly hot in san diego and we're recording we're still doing all this indie we're still recording from my apartment from my kitchen but we got some new equipment things sound pretty good yep we're excited to get back into it and it's going to hopefully cool off here a little bit and we can start getting back to putting out regular episodes and still have some really exciting ideas and episodes lined up for everybody so uh i don't know do you want to tell everybody what we have in store next tomorrow yeah yeah i just want to point out thanks if you're still listening to us it did take us a long time to do a new episode but we're here we're here for the long run so anthony thanks for putting up with my new transition in life so that's pretty good uh i want everybody to join us next time for our next episode where we're going to explore some of the darkest and most mysterious events that have ever happened on and off screen so what we're talking about is onset accidents threats of violence death and dismemberment and even murder bum, bum, bum. You won't want to miss it when we discuss some of Hollywood's most famous cursed films. I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Well, that's it. Thanks, everyone. All right. Peace out, guys. Bye. Bye.